Tomorrow's Labor Day, and sometimes Labor Day kind of signifies for us a shift back into reality. Like, oh my goodness, Labor Day's here. The fall's here. Uh, if you're a parent, you're like, we've got to figure out what to do with kids, if, with our kids, and what's happening with school. And if you're a teacher, yes, there's that. But even in other work or other environments or our seasons of life, often it's like culture gives us this token day to get our bearings together. It's like, you know, take one day off. I think that'll be enough to kind of figure things out for what's coming in the fall, whatever that might be for you. And as I was thinking about that, I thought what, what, it would be awesome today if we, in a simple way, um, walk through a psalm that I think has been so helpful in any aspect of life when we shift into, okay, this is reality. What am I facing? It's Psalm 23. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it. If not, it's going to be on the screen. And I want to read this psalm together and walk through portions of it today as we get rooted in the Word uh, as this last piece of our gathering. Psalm 23, maybe it's so familiar to some of you, maybe to some of you it's brand new, um, but let, let's, let's read it out together. The Lord is my shepherd, I, sh- I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we just pause for a moment and want to sit with this psalm and let it speak to us. Shape us through it, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. I mean, this is a pretty popular psalm. Open up a liturgy book, a prayer book, it'll pop up. Uh, Churches will recite this psalm throughout their their year in a gathering. You might hear it at uh, funerals, at weddings, um, shared on inspirational poems. You might even see a picture of it on Pinterest. Who knows? But, you know, it's, it's been widespread, right? And it's interesting because King David, when he writes this psalm, it was him who writes this psalm, the king of Israel at that time, he was in trouble. He was having a hard time. He was facing some obstacles, and he writes this psalm in the midst of that. And I think it's amazing because it it, it expresses his trust and his confidence in his God, in God. He expresses his, his confidence in God. And what I love about this psalm is that that even though from, uh, you know, when you read it quickly, it's like, oh, this is such a comforting psalm. This is a nice poem. This is inspirational. But there's hints of anxiety in there. There's hints of, of reality. There's hints of difficulty. Sure, it says, Lord, you lead me beside green pastures. But the author also recognizes that he's going to walk through a really dark valley. So there's a hint of what's coming next. Or what's my reality? And I thought about what the core of the psalm kind of feels like. And I think it's a psalm that bases us in reality so we don't ignore it. But it equally bases us in God's love so we don't forget it. It it, it bases us in reality by not ignoring reality. But it also bases us in God's love so we don't forget God's love. And these three words that came to me as I was studying this and trying to just walk through it for us today was... These words, reality, resistance, and rest. 
And because there's a tension in this psalm, right? The psalmist says, Lord, I lack nothing, right? I lack nothing. But then he admits later that he needs the Lord's comfort. Well, someone who needs comfort obviously doesn't lack nothing. But there's a tension in the psalm. Um, you, you, you guide me along the right path, but then admits that sometimes the path will take him through a dark valley. There's tension in that. And so I find at the outset, what I love about this psalm is that it's realistic. And if there's something about Scripture that is so important for all of us, as we read all of Scripture, not just bits and parts of it, is that Scripture never blinds us from reality. You cannot read the Bible and be blinded from reality. The Bible gives us it all raw. It tells us how it is. Scripture never blinds us from reality. It's realistic. And this psalm puts reality in the center of, 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 the, of, of the poem. David acknowledges he will walk through a dark valley. Though I walk through the darkest valley, he says. And he acknowledges he'll need God's protection in his life. God's comfort. And I just think about the reality that maybe some of us go through. Just this week, just this week, chatting with different people within our church community and extended friends. One of our former kids ministry directors, her mom in her early 60s passed away from cancer. Just this week. On Thursday, um, one of our guys here at Westside on the job just threw out his back, went down to his knee. His back was out, couldn't work the rest of the day. He's an entrepreneur. His work depends on his body. And that happened to him just this week. Recently, sitting with a couple that was struggling with their finances and just what that means for them. Some people even recently just walking through broken relationships. There's this, there's this reality that life will sometimes bring us or we hit. And this is not to be pessimistic or negative, but if God's story didn't acknowledge reality, how would it speak to our human condition? How would it speak to the world? How would it speak to us? Maybe you're not going through any of the stuff I mentioned, but as you face work this week, as you face this new season, as you face a challenge, as you face a relational conflict, maybe there's anxiety, maybe there's fear, maybe there's a sense of inadequacy, like, I don't think I can do this. And like the teacher batting his head on the, the chalkboard, you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I have what it takes to do this next season. And I want to just tell you, Psalms 23 understands you. Psalm 23 understands you. David wrote this psalm and he roots us in reality. And the scripture always does that. But David doesn't stop there because he demonstrates resistance. David, right from the outset, as he writes, as he pens these words, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a phrase of resistance. He say, no one else is leading my life. No one else is, I don't depend on anybody else, on anything greater than my Lord. My Lord, he is my shepherd. Here's this king who's in trouble He's realistic about it, but he resists the feeling of despair because he knows that he's in somebody else's care. It's kind of like the market's feeling a little iffy, and one of your friends says, I don't know, I just got this new uh, financial advisor. He's pretty fresh. And the other guy says, well, Warren Buffett's my financial advisor, best investor in the world. You'd be like, oh, I think maybe you're safer. Now, that's maybe even a poor image of who God is because God is way bigger, more capable. But David says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Is it true that he lacked really nothing? When later in the psalm he talks about the dark valley he might walk through, the comfort he needs from the Lord? Of course, David's David's been honest about his reality, but he knows that under God's care, he feels and trusts that 
He has everything he needs. That's a, a message of resistance. I think my kids, you know, my kids will say like that, the TV we have on the wall is too small. When are we going to get a bigger one, right? When are we going to get like 20 or 30 more inches? Or, or when are we going to get this thing? And, or, or whenever I bring, you know, one of my kids to like a music lesson or swimming or something, it's like, okay, like, hey, Tim Horton's there. Why don't we just stop by and get a nice cappuccino, right? So every moment it's this sense of like, what about this? What about that? And you know what? I understand them because I can be selfish and I want these things and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying they're selfish. I'm just saying that, that in the midst of this, we're humans and we want stuff. But you know, deep down inside, my kids know that I love them and I care for them and they know that I'm looking out for them and they know that to the best of my ability, I'm making sure they have what they need. Even though in a moment, they might feel like they want something else. David is saying... Because the Lord's my shepherd, I lack nothing. I know that God is there for me. And David knows this. See, culture makes us fear the things we don't have. But this psalm says you can resist that fear when you fall into that scarcity trap. Like, there's not enough. No, no, David says, I know that I lack nothing with you, Lord. There's that resistance to despair that, you know, when when, when David writes, you know, the Lord, as a shepherd, you lead me through the right path. Though I walk through the darkest valley. What is that? That's David resisting. He's saying, even though my next step might take me through the darkest valley, Lord, I know you're guiding my steps and you're going to take me through. You're going to take me through the right path. God is his guide and God is our guide. Sometimes it's despair to evil. And David says, I will fear no evil. That's his resistance. It's this proclamation to say, I will resist despair to evil. Why does David say, I will fear no evil? He says, Lord, your rod and your staff, they'll comfort me. Think about that. Why would a rod and a staff bring comfort to a sheep? But David recognizes he's a shepherd. So a shepherd would walk around his field and walk around the grass and the sheep were there. And when like a wild animal or something would come that would endanger the sheep, he didn't take out his staff. He would take out his rod. That was the club. That was like, you watch it, you wild dog. I'm going to just beat the heck out of you, right? Sorry to get so descriptive. But that's, that's what the shepherds were, strong people, man. And they would walk and walk for miles. They had strength and they carried a rod and a staff. And when the rod, when, when, when danger came to the sheep, they would protect the sheep. And when the sheep kind of veered off, then they used their staff. And they would kind of help the sheep guide get back into the, into the pack and where they're going to make sure they don't get lost. And so David says, he knows, David's a shepherd as well. He came from living that kind of life. He says, Lord, even though there's going to be stuff in my life around me that might, might be difficult and I might not understand, I'm comforted by the fact that you have a rod in your hand and a staff in your other hand. They bring comfort to me. That's David, his resistance says, God, I can trust your protection and I can trust your direction. I can trust you. There's even resistance to distraction. I mean, who doesn't get distracted, right? I asked my son this year, hey, what are you hoping for for grade 10? And one word, focus, dad. I'm just hoping for focus. That's what I'm looking for, you know? And I, and I totally get him because I can totally get distracted with so many different things and hard to get stuck on things. And I could just imagine for students, I totally remember what that was to just kind of stay focused. But we get distracted so often, so often, not just from our goals, but we get distracted from God and his life for us. There was a shepherd, Philip Keller, a modern-day shepherd. They actually exist maybe more in New Zealand than Montreal. But, um, 
And he wrote a book on, the, on this, this psalm. And he says, it's no mere whim on God's part to call us sheep. Our behavior patterns and life habits are so much like that of sheep, it's embarrassing. This is written from a shepherd. And then he says, now we could take this part. There's a portion of this in the poem that David says, you anoint my head with oil. And that could feel priestly or kingly or, or purposefully. But this shepherd, Philip Keller, says that often a shepherd would anoint their sheep's heads or their, their heads with oil, with scented oil, to distract, to take, to to um, get the pests away because pests would come. And if you're a sheep and you're walking around and these kind of pests come, I mean, have you ever been walking around and a wasp comes by? Don't you look like an idiot to your neighbors, right? You look like, what's when that happens on my deck and my neighbor's looking across the street and I'm like trying to fly a bug away, I look like crazy. Like, what's wrong with Dave, right? They don't see the bug. So, so, uh, so like... The shepherd would put this scented oil on the sheep's head to like make sure the pests would not come and distract the sheep. And so David says, there's a resistance to distraction to your will in my life, God. Thank you. And then it leads to rest. Leads to rest. And these are these words that are so strong. He will make me lie down in green pastures. He will lead me beside still waters. Who does this? The shepherd does this. The shepherd knows that the sheep need to rest. And isn't it amazing that our Heavenly Father knows that we need to rest? We've, we talk about that here and there at Westside. But maybe it comes up again in this psalm, this poem. No matter what life brings you, no matter the obstacle, no matter the, the overwhelming sense of what's next, you can rest with the shepherd. Because the shepherd actually leads you to rest. The shepherd doesn't envision you being frantic or chaotic or overworried. The shepherd actually says, no, we're going to pause here by this still water, by this green pasture to restore your soul so you can rest. Imagine David's life as a king. It wasn't easy. It wasn't void of problems, but he was able to rest in God because a shepherd leads his sheep to rest. And God says, it's okay. It doesn't all depend on you. I'm going to make sure you rest. I got this. And think about God's character here. As a shepherd, as a shepherd, he is one who constantly wants to lead us or think of us or care for us. Our God is like a shepherd and he values and thinks of us. He cares for us. But he's not just a shepherd where the psalm, psalm writer writes, he says that, that like the shepherd prepares a feast, a feast before me. God's our host and he's generous. And he loves us. And so think about that. A shepherd who thinks of his sheep. A host who's generous towards his guest. That's the character of God that David has in mind as he writes this psalm. The shepherd host. God's goodness. So when you think of God, he's a good shepherd. A loving shepherd. A caring shepherd. A generous shepherd. A wise shepherd. A smart shepherd. And so this season, and as maybe in your own life, you're shifting back into reality. It maybe has nothing to do with Labor Day. The point is that we're often in a cycle and we often feel like, oh, what's next? But here's, here's the beauty. That you can, you can, you don't have to be blind to reality. The scriptures doesn't tell you, wince it away. The scripture says, no, no, let's face reality. But you can stand in resistance to that. And you can even find rest in the middle of that. As you jump into God's purpose for your life and as you let him lead you. But here, and here's two words just to leave you with today as we wrap this up. 
And it's just two simple words. One is, I want to encourage you, and me too, I need this, to talk to your shepherd. To talk to your shepherd. Isn't it amazing that David says, the Lord is my shepherd? How personal did David feel with God? The Lord is my shepherd. Talk to God about school this week. Talk to God about what's, what's coming up this September. Talk to God about the relational conflict that you're in. Talk to God about this upcoming job you're looking for. Talk to God about the, the, the burden you feel maybe raising a family. Talk to, talk to your shepherd. Talk to your shepherd. God wants to be personal with you. And then lastly, trust your shepherd. Trust your shepherd. He's a shepherd and he's a host. He, he, he thinks of you and he cares for you and, he, and he's generous with you. Trust your shepherd. And here's the beauty of this. When we track the whole story of the scriptures, in God's wisdom, he helped us understand that when he sent Jesus, he didn't just send us as Savior. He didn't just send Jesus as your Savior. But the New Testament says that Jesus is the great shepherd. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus is the great shepherd. So when we come into a relationship with Christ, when we start trusting Christ, when we start walking with him and reading his words and following him and letting him lead us, we recognize what Psalm, how Psalm 23 is fulfilled ultimately is in, in us following Jesus, in us putting our trust in Jesus, who's not just our Savior, but can be our shepherd, can be our shepherd. Why don't you stand with me as we come to a close this morning, and I'll just help you in a moment as we, just, just to give you a brief moment this morning, what, is, what does your fall look like? What does post-Labor Day look like? What is something that's maybe, as we've been talking today, you, you just realize, yes, I, this is part of my reality. What does your next season look like? Maybe it varies. Maybe for some of us, for sure, we're, we're jumping into school this fall. Jumping into grade 9 or 10 or 11 or 7 or, or college or university. For some, it's, it's a new job. For some, it's looking for a job. For some, it has to do with a belief in scarcity and you feel like you don't have enough. I'm not sure what it is, but could we just pause for a moment? Can you just take a moment and if you feel like you can, I'd encourage you so much to talk to your shepherd. Just share that with God. Just share that with God in this moment before we pray. Just verbalize it in a phrase. Because God longs to hear you express yourself to Him. Yes, Lord. Now that you've recognized that and shared it with God, would you surrender it to Him? Would you trust him? You can trust him. Just keep your eyes closed and hear these words. 
being spoken over you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, shepherd, thank you that you give us this vocabulary, Lord. This way to know you, to call you, to understand you as our shepherd. Thank you that you think so much of us. What is man that, that you're mindful of us? But yet you think so much of us. And you're such a generous host. So God, I pray that, that as we take the cues from Scripture to not be blinded or not to ignore the reality of our lives or our next season or something we're walking through that's difficult, that you, like David, call us to live in resistance because we can resist fear and despair because you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. And thank you that even in the midst of many situations, God, we can rest with you. Often we don't feel that possibility, that, that release to rest, but God, you're with us and we're with you so we can rest. God, may we move forward being able to talk to you as our shepherd, cultivate our relationship with you, God, as you draw us close to you, reveal yourself to us, and that we can trust you. We can trust you. And thank you for Jesus, your son, who has shown us the fulfillment of what a good shepherd is. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we close, I want to read this the scripture. It's just kind of a benediction in Hebrews. Would we read this together? Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that, oh, that was really weak. That what? Awesome. That great shepherd of the sheep. Let's keep going. Equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And this could be loud. Awesome. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. See you next week as we kick off a brand new series. I think you're going to be excited.